You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of our show where we discuss the latest news about Apple, iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Watch, and more. We're recording on Thursday, April 16th, 2015. Today we'll be discussing our Apple Watch try-on experiences and first impressions in the store, WWDC 2015 announcement and speculation on the new iOS 9 and other updates, and more. This is Neil. And Shane. And this is Stephen Robles. Thanks for joining us. And I won't repeat the whole Periscope thing. We actually, this is our second time, those of you listening to the recorded podcast, but we're streaming live to Periscope as we record. And uh, if people enjoy it and keep tuning in, maybe we'll keep doing that. Kind of a live chat room for you all. Before we begin, wanted to give a shout out to Blue Microphones. Uh, they've provided some microphones for our hosts and we enjoy it and we thank them. So check them out at bluemic.com. And also wanted to give a shout out to thisisground.com. They make leather products for iPad, iPhone, and cord cases, and a bunch of other things. So had a really awesome customer service experience with them. So check them out, thisisground.com. So I wanted to start off with uh, some breaking news. Apple bought up 36, or is buying up, 36,000 acres of forest to preserve it and use it as a renewable, or they want to harvest it in a renewable way. I guess so all of their packaging and paper products, they want to be able to uh, harvest the trees but not kill them off. So they're just going to straight up buy land. So solar power first, now they're buying up trees and maybe the next OS ten will be named Redwood. Who knows? <laughs> but um, Shane, you said you've heard of this before, that you can actually get paper from trees and not totally destroy them. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's all over. You know, you, instead of clear-cutting forests, you manage the growth of the trees such that it's, you know, you grow them until it's not economically viable, not, not economically viable, but until there's diminishing returns and letting them grow anymore, and then you harvest them and make sure that you plant at a rate, you know, roughly equal to or higher than what you harvest. Yeah, so it's interesting. So, I mean, not a whole lot of news, it's just that they bought it. The land is in Maine and North Carolina, and uh, the combined, again, is 36,000 acres, um, so it's about two and a half times the size of Manhattan. That's about how much land they bought. So um, interesting how what they're doing, especially with renewable energy and now with forests. So anyway, that was the breaking news. What I do want to dive into is since last we recorded, the Apple Watches are now out in the wild. They're in the Apple stores, as um, and you can try them out. You can schedule your try-on sessions. And I know I did that. And uh, Neil, I believe you did too. Did you try one on? I did, yeah. I got to go and try one on last week. I actually had to cancel an appointment at one store and ended up in another store just by chance. And they had so many openings that they could just squeeze me in. So it seems like it's pretty flexible. You can walk into a store and they'll kind of make time for you. Yeah. So, uh, Shane, did you get to do that at all? I did. Uh, my wife and I went and tried on the gold Big Daddy editions. <laughs> you tried a, Did you really try the edition? Of course we did. <laughs> so that's how he rolls wow yeah okay. this is hong this is hong kong man 100 percent of the stores in hong kong have the edition that's so uh that's what you do wow okay so uh maybe neil and i can describe our experience and then we can compare it to yours because i'm sure i was they... in a store with an edition but i didn't get to try one on because i didn't have an appointment for it um i just got to try on the 
um, aluminum and the stainless steel, the sport and the regular watch. And uh, the process was a little interesting just because the employees, um, it, it's all kind of new for them. You know, now they have to be fashion experts. And it seemed like not everybody really knew what they were doing because it was the, uh, the first day or the second day of try-ons. Uh, I went to the uh, Soho store and I guess Ryan Gosling was in there earlier in the day. And uh, all the women in the store were still kind of freaking out over that. But he wanted to come in and try on an Apple Watch while he was promoting his new movie. Um, but, yeah, it, it was an interesting experience. Uh, obviously, the one that you put on your wrist, you can't it, – it's not a functional watch. Um, and nobody really seemed to know. Like I was like, how do I get it to show the demo mode again? They're like, oh, we don't really know how to get it. And one guy knew how to restart it and they had to get another employee. So it's a little uh, shaky at launch in, in terms of trying these on, uh, at least from what I saw. And considering it's a flagship store, you'd, you'd think the employees would be a little better prepared. But other than that, they were really flexible about – you know, they weren't really watching the clock on the time that I had. And they let me swap out bands. Yeah. Although they did not allow me to put – the Milanese loop band on the uh, space gray sport watch because they said <laughs> it didn't look good together. And they just like told me that straight up. They're like, it doesn't look good. You have to use it with the, uh, with the, uh, um, stainless steel model. So that, that was right. kind of interesting that they were making fashion choices for me, uh, and not letting me try out in that combination. But other than that, they were yeah. pretty flexible. Like I wanted to try the, the blue, uh, leather loop band with the, uh, space gray sport and they were cool with that, and they let me swap the bands and handle them and stuff like that. And it was it was pretty neat. That's cool. Sorry, um, and a couple people on Periscope were saying, sorry, I was looked away from the chat for a second. So if you have questions, we'll try to get to them as we go. Um, I know I tried the, the stainless steel with Milanese loop because that's what I pre-ordered. And I was able to try the sport with the uh, floor elastomer band. Um so those were pretty nice. I was surprised. The Milanese loop felt pretty good, I thought. Yeah, the uh, bands are really nice. Yeah, definitely. And the the sport band also, there's definitely not the rubbery feeling I was expecting. So that was pretty nice. And I like the way it tucks in on the other side too uh, so that you don't have you know that flap sticking out or whatever. The design of uh, – right. there's a lot of thought went into the design of the bands. I, I was pretty impressed with the, all of them. Yeah. So – and there was actually no one else trying. I mean, New York, you probably had, there was probably a ton of people trying them out, right? Yeah. They, yeah it was like a 10 minute wait though. It wasn't really that bad. Okay. I actually ended up getting two appointments because my wife was there with me um, and she wanted to try it as well. So I just kind of followed her over to the table after that. And then, and then she saw that. Um, I, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, the aluminum uh, uh, does not look nearly as good as the stainless steel. Um, I right. ordered, I pre-ordered the Space Gray watch, and I'm happy with that, having seen them in person. Yeah. Um, my wife's impression was that uh, if she was going to get one, she would get the larger uh, aluminum for her wrist or the smaller stainless steel. She thinks that the aluminum looks kind of toy-like on the watch. So. Yeah, I was surprised. And all the, like the videos and all the images beforehand, I thought the aluminum and steel would look very similar. But yeah, they don't. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> they, they look, I mean, this, the, the aluminum looks more just like a matte, like a brushed aluminum kind of finish, and the steel is definitely very shiny. I yeah, the steel looks difference. much better. Yeah. And I was surprised, too. I, I pre-ordered the 42 millimeter, and that's the one I tried on in the store, and it definitely felt, uh, sm it felt smaller on my wrist than I expected it to. Yeah, um, they, they were smaller in person than I, than I expected them to be. I agree with you. Yeah, so... Uh, Shane, your experience, did they roll out any kind of red carpets for you uh, when you try out the edition? Or what well, you... first, let me say, as is my want, I disagree with essentially everything you two guys just said. Really? Yeah, I, um, but then again, I was talking to Neil the other day. I like titanium watches. I don't like uh, shiny stainless watches. 
Um, I'm with you I on the shiny. A, it was a little. It was. It was really shiny. I wish it was a little less shiny. But yeah, I just bought a new titanium omega. Um, so that should give you an idea of where my taste goes. Gotcha. Uh, I hate. I hate the feel of the leather loop. It feels like um, mm. plasticky leather. It's not great. The I've leather heard people say it feels cheap. The edition are better though. Okay. So, and which did you try? 42, 38? Uh, both. My wife tried a 38 and I got the 42. Um, they're really impressive. There were separate lines. Um, they do take you to a separate uh, try on table for the Nouveau Riche people who are going to buy the gold one. <laughs> and, um, and it takes a minute, actually, to get them out because I had to bring them out from the safe. Um, oh, in safe. Hong Kong at the IFC store, the edition tryout is on the second level and the safe, I guess, is downstairs. So you just kind of <laughs> hang out and wait until they... Uh, pull out your model. You can only have one at a time. Uh, they can't just, or they, they might be able to, but they wouldn't for me uh, bring out just multiple gold watches, I guess. Under the you assumption look suspicious. That, yeah. Under the assumption that I take, you know, 100,000 US dollars worth of watches and run out of the store. But <laughs> uh, So did, was there any, like, when you try on the gold watch, is there any pressure to buy? Are they like, so, I mean, oh, no. I, I mean, you can, you can only pre-order them now, but was it like, did they give you any impression like, yeah, you're not really going to buy this thing, are you? Or was it? No, they, they actually said absolutely nothing about pre-ordering. Uh, it was all okay. about the watch. I had to ask specific questions about ordering. I um, had an employee at the store tell me that all of the gold watches were bought in China is what he, is what he told me. And I just looked at him <laughs> and shook my head and said, okay, thank you. <laughs> like, what? That's interesting. That's probably not untrue. Maybe not, but yeah, like I said before, the employees didn't really seem like they knew what they were talking about. I asked one about the diagnostic port inside, and he goes, "Oh, that's just to hold the uh, the band in place when you snap it in." Hmm. And then I was just like, "Oh, okay, you know, just I'm not going to argue with the guy. Just nod my head." And it's like, "Okay, you don't know what you're talking about. Forget it." So I didn't get to look at the uh, the case for the sport or the watch or the stainless steel models, but the case for the edition with the little charging setup is actually pretty nice. Oh, because you get a special stand or whatever, right? Yeah, I think the case is the same shape, kind of, on all of them. But the one for the edition, I think the the outside of the case is leather and the inside is suede. And there's okay. a special little holder that you stick the magnetic charging thing into. And then you can just plop your watch down on it the other night. Now, did you try out the uh, the yellow gold and the rose gold, or just one of them? Yeah, I got the yellow. My wife got the rose. Because I get to see both of them in person at the store, and I really thought the yellow gold was not very good looking at all. Well, yeah, I don't like yellow gold to begin with. Um, I just think yeah. it looks. I, I'm going to get blasted probably on Periscope for saying this, but I think it just looks trashy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not into gold watches either, but uh, I think the combination of the yellow gold with a you know a smart watch, so to speak, is just it was not really a very good combination. There was yeah. the uh, the the designer who actually has a gold link bracelet. Which Carl Lagerfeld. Thank you. Have, and you, have you ever seen a, an actual picture of Carl Lagerfeld? I have not. Do <laughs> well, I need to Google if you, that? If you Google him and you see how he dresses, you'll see that that watch fits him perfectly. Well, yep. the kind of glove he had on in the picture of the watch. That's I guess one of his signatures. Wears, yeah. yeah, that's his signature. He wears that. Yeah, he wears exactly the same outfit every day. He's like Steve Jobs, but with leather and fingerless gloves. Someone on Periscope, <laughs> someone on Periscope said, who said yellow gold is trashy? And that was Shane. I just like yes. would like everyone to know. Send the hate mail to him. Yeah. Um, my email address is N Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. But, uh, yeah. So the gold link bracelet, uh, obviously is not something Apple advertised is not something you could pre-order. Um, I didn't think John, it, John Gruber thinks they're going to sell it. Right. And so did for Ren- $50,000, right. $50,000. Renee Ritchie, uh, from iMore was also suggested, you know, maybe there are other bands yet to be released or that may be available later, which, 
I mean, I think it would actually be a good move. You order your watch now, and then they announce a bunch of new bands before Christmas. I mean, because that's one of the things, like, when you hear all the, the tech people talk about it on their podcasts or whatever, like, one of the first questions is, what band do you have? What size do you have? And what material, you know, steel, aluminum, or whatever. And it's just, like, a thing you just ask now. And, you know, people yeah. ask, in the past, it's been like, oh, is that the iPhone 5, 5S, 6, whatever? Uh, but usually that was where the conversation ended. And now, like, with the watch, it just seems like there's so much more conversation over what did you choose, what watch face are you choosing. And I think that's a probably a good conversation that Apple wants people to have. You know, I think people, you know, it's just easy to get excited about that kind of stuff and curiosity about what other people are using. So, but that gold link bracelet looks a little, mm, what is the word? I don't trashy audacious but uh yeah it just looks a little crazy i don't think it looked particularly elegant or appealing but that's just yeah i think you're right the 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 bands are a big selling point of this and uh in many ways more interesting than the watch itself right the ability to swap them and the different styles and combinations and the customization but that's important that's what apple's going for they're getting into the fashion business now and so they have to do that um to to you know give people some level of personalization they want to sell to everybody they don't just want to sell to geeks and so if you want to sell to everybody you have to go from top to bottom fashion down to sport i mean that's just the way it is and some so they've really they've really covered that someone on periscope said the gold macbook too which is interesting the new macbook it's the first time a, you can buy a laptop in gold and you, even when the 5s came out with gold i thought that was interesting i was like no one's ever going to buy that but actually you do see a number of of gold colored iphones out there you know, <laughs> with the gold back and i don't know i mean i guess people will buy gold macbooks too i mean it's not my personal taste but if people you know, want that. And... I got to see it in the store, and I mean, I guess it wasn't that bad. I would never buy a gold laptop, but mm-hmm. um, I, I got to play around with it, and I'm actually supposed to be getting my MacBook uh, in the mail today to review. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really nice laptop. I don't like I said, I wouldn't go for a gold myself, but I'm right. I'm guessing they'll sell a few of them. It looked it looked decent. It didn't it looked terrible. Yeah. I, I will say I was while I was in the Apple store for my Apple Watch appointment. I um I had there were two new MacBooks side by side available, so I turned one completely off because I heard everybody talking about the Force Touch trackpad and how oh, it yeah. messed with you. And so I turned one completely off, and it it is bizarre. Like the one that Isn't was it? off did not click, quote unquote, did not feel like it was clicking, and the one on the right totally feels like a click, and it's not actually clicking. So yep. that that is really bizarre. If you get a chance to try that in an Apple store, I definitely would. It's it's just weird. It's it, it's uncanny how it feels so much like a clicking trackpad and yet it doesn't click. Yeah. I I still have it on. Uh, I have the Mac new MacBook Pro and I can't get over it. It's one of those things. I, I constantly am going in and adjusting the setting too to make it the haptic feedback greater or less, just because I'm not sure how I feel about you know that if you turn it down, you can make it quieter and a little. Less, it doesn't click as hard. Right, right now, I have it on the lower setting, but sometimes I go back and change it. I, I'm still getting used to it. Yeah. Uh, someone asked what podcast this is they're listening to. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, new listener. This is the Apple Insider Podcast. So aside from trying it on, I, you know, they have all the displays, which are all Apple Watch steel models, and they're all 42 millimeters, I believe. The Apple Store I was in, uh, all the working models that you could play with were, were steel 42s. Yeah. And uh, definitely played with the around with the software for a while, um, tried it out. You know, some reviews were saying... Third-party apps were sluggish, and of course, I didn't see any. There were no third-party apps installed on the Apple Watches I tried in the store, but all the native apps and the interface itself, I found I found it relatively intuitive. It didn't take me too long to pick it up. Of course, I've been reading about it 
you know, for hours or whatever. Um, but uh, it seemed very responsive to me. I don't know if either of you had that kind of experience. Yeah, I was actually worried about on the home screen uh, selecting the apps, you know, because it just they mm-hmm. just seem so tiny, right. and I was worried that it was not going to pick up register my my taps correctly. But I didn't have a problem opening the app that I was looking to open, and the interface itself seemed pretty pretty fluid and pretty intuitive. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, people were saying it was confusing with notifications and glances, and glances is something new, um, you know, to the watch. Uh, but, you know, notifications pull down from the top, just like your phone or iPad. So that felt, you know, intuitive. And glances up from the bottom, you know, and when in the watch app on your phone, like you can customize the order those glances appear and also hide or show certain glances. Um, so I imagine you can customize that so where it's more useful. That, you know, remains to be seen. But um, I found the digital crown really smooth, too. Like that was actually nice using. Uh, did you play around with the chain in the store at all? I did not. The really? models on the sides were like three people deep, and uh, really? if I'm going to stand in a line that long, there's going to have to be you know, a beer at the end of it. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. People are asking about how was the watch speed and 42 millimeter. Um, again, like I said, it, it felt pretty fluid. Again, those were all of Apple's first-party apps, so it's going to be different once you get third-party apps like Uber and Evernote and Instagram and all that kind of stuff on the watch. So that remains to be seen. Uh, yeah, but, you could not pair the store watches with your phone, so there's no way to right. test out the third-party apps yet. Right. Well, but it was funny, though, because if you open the Maps app in the store, it finds your location. So it's connected to something there. It's in the, the in-store Wi-Fi, yeah. In-store Wi-Fi, okay. Well, that's interesting. So will it find your location via Wi-Fi if your phone's not around? Yeah, that's the same thing your is iPad it, does. Is it? Okay. I didn't know how to do that. Yeah, tri- you can triangulate your location based on Wi-Fi and other factors, and it, it does that. Actually, yeah. if you had uh, the first-gen iPhone, the very first one that didn't have GPS, even that would get your location by triangulating through cell towers. So there are ways to get location because uh, GPS is kind of slow. Yeah. So uh, it'll it'll use Wi-Fi and, and other factors to, right. to get your location. Yeah, so... Yeah, I just found it easy. Again, uh, people are other people were asking about forty two and thirty eight. I mean, uh, I feel like the thirty eight would be too small for me, and I think too small for most. I don't even know. when even when compared to a forty two millimeter normal watch, uh, it feels small. I mean, the forty two yes. feels small. The whole the the whole package. They're measuring it slightly differently than you measure a normal watch. Um, so a forty two millimeter right. Apple Watch is not exactly. Uh, comparable to a 42 millimeter, you know, normal watch, I guess, for lack of a better term. Right. Um, so they're all, they're both kind of small, which is a little bit surprising. Someone, yeah, it's impressively small, I'd say. Someone on Periscope asked about battery life, and I tweeted a link personally earlier. Um, there's a, Apple has a page on battery life, and I'll put a link in show notes describing the two, but all of the battery, um, Things like the uh, 18-hour battery life and full day and all that kind of stuff. All that is based on the 38 millimeter. And on Apple's website, it actually says the 42 millimeter will get uh, better battery life. Actually, slightly better battery life. Um, yeah, so, presumably they just take the more space and cram a bigger battery in there, right? Because right. it's the same specs on both. Right, exactly. So, and it also said like 2.5 hours to charge 100% and 1.5 hours to charge to 80% or something. So. Uh, if you actually want, if you definitely want as much battery as you can, the 42 millimeter actually has slightly better. And uh, one other person asked about weight on the wrist, and I actually didn't notice much uh, between the steel and aluminum. I know there is a difference, but I don't know if Neil. The gold one is heavy. Is it, is it heavier? That's it's heavy. 
They, they were all kind of heavy, I felt. But uh, yeah, I held both in my hand, and, and there definitely is a noticeable weight difference between the aluminum and the stainless steel. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and some people were asking... Uh, oh, anyway. I need to stop paying attention to that because it's going to make for a bad recording, <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> uh, the last thing about the watch, I mean, a bunch of new apps announced this week and updated uh, apps updated this week with uh, watch stuff like 1Password, uh, the If This Then That Do button, which I was pretty excited about, being able to connect If to Do button to your watch. Uh, workflow, which will be able to do some um, you know long uh, workflow-type strings and you could be able to trigger it from your watch. And uh, even my MailChimp app, uh, got updated for a watch. I'm not exactly sure what I'll be able to do on the watch with MailChimp, but you know, that'll be pretty cool to see. So uh, definitely a lot of apps updating for that. And the Apple Insider app. Yes, the of course, first and foremost, the <laughs> oh, Apple man. Insider app. Uh, it was recently updated. It was updated yesterday uh, yep. to support 6 and 6 plus screen sizes and also added the watch component where you'll get uh, notifications and headlines on the watch. So everyone should download that, of course. So that's not about the watch. Oh, pre-orders. Uh, let's talk about real quick. Uh, Shane, it was in the middle of the day for you. Did you pre-order one? By the time I got there at about it was 3 o'clock my time in the afternoon, by the time I got there at about 3.06, um, it was already into June. Already into June for the yeah, sport, so I, sport model? For all of them. So I took all it as a sign and bought a regular watch instead. <laughs> I, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I tried to pre-order and I did pre-order, but mine is not scheduled to arrive until mid-May. And that was what, two minutes after they went on sale. Wow. So they clearly did not have uh, many units available for launch. And which sport did you order? I got the Space Gray. See, I think the Space Gray sport was the first and fastest to go. Because uh, I... I I was checking, I got up at 3 a.m. like you, like, because we're crazy people. Yeah. Um, but the, some of the steel models, even like 15, 20 minutes in, were only a couple weeks out. Um, but those sport models went really quack, really quick, and the space gray one went, I think, in like a minute or two. I think There was actually a, uh, uh, a company that I guess combs through people's emails or something that uh that said that uh the space gray was the most popular model um in terms which is interesting because it's only one out of the options that they have the many options that they have uh the space gray was the most popular model among people buying so um yeah. it, that could be one of those things where maybe apple uh misread the demand for it for that color yeah so it'll be interesting so pre-orders hopefully uh, so when you ordered yours neil when did it say it would ship it's uh, scheduled to arrive, uh, like I think like May 14th through like 28th. They gave me like a two week window or something, but it's a couple weeks after launch. Okay. Well, mine says April 24th to May 8th or something. So I'm hoping it actually comes May 24th. And if it does, if I do get a shipping notification, maybe we can delay recording the podcast and we can do it with watch in hand. So uh, we'll see. I am hoping that they are going to pleasantly surprise on some of these dates just because, yeah. you know, you undersell and overdeliver. deliver. Uh, right. I would imagine that uh, some of them are going to ship sooner than expected, but y you never know. I mean, yeah. Apple's also the company that said they were going to ship a Mac Pro before the end of the year, and they shipped it on December 31st. So <laughs> They're yeah. also the company that said the MacBook would be in stores on April 10th, and I don't think it is even now. Yeah, they really True. have not been able to keep up with demand on that, which is interesting in the Tim Cook era. It's a guy who really prides himself on supply chain control and all that. Uh, yeah. But there's a lot of new technology in these devices, and I think that 
uh, it's just, you know, uh, at that point, it's, it's out of Apple's hands. Yeah. So someone just asked, can the watch get a software update, which, which I think is a great segue into WWDC. Um, we assume, yes, that the Apple Watch can get updates. And the announcement for WWDC 2015 came out this week. It will be held June 8th through the 12th. And the tagline that Apple said is the future of iOS and OS 10. And I'm assuming, I'm pr- I mean, it has to be that the iOS 9 or whatever comes out is there's going to show off also a lot of new watch introductions to that. And I don't know if they're going to lump Apple Watch into iOS or if there's going to be an Apple Watch OS when it eventually gets its own third-party apps. But I imagine we have to see that uh, at the WWDC keynote. Yeah, um, I think you're definitely going to see a lot of focus on the watch, uh, probably some way for apps to run natively on the watch OS. Uh, but I don't think that you're going to see the watch be untethered from the phone just because native apps can run on it. No. Um, I think that the interface is too small and you still need the phone to be able to do things like you know transfer apps and stuff. So, uh, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they take things with iOS 9 and uh, the new OS 10 and, and all of that. And uh, someone's asking, are we seeing a redesign of iOS with iOS 9? I doubt it. Um, no. I mean, they just redesigned it, you know, an operating system ago. But I'm really curious. You know, I was trying to think before what new, you know, with continuity and handoff, I would love to see iOS 9 improving on those things, especially AirDrop. Which yeah, I'd like to see them actually work. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, AirDrop and, uh, you know, the handoff and all that kind of stuff to really refine that kind of stuff, just make it work better. But as far as new features... Um, you know, I was kind of at a loss. I couldn't really think of what, what else I would want my phone to do. I just want to, to do the stuff better. Well, I, I think clear you're see all some... notifications. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. If there's yes, any feature, yes. <laughs> I think you're going to see a big update to maps this year. Uh, it's kind of overdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have bought, uh, Hopstop and some other public transit companies and indoor GPS and all that. Um, and the groundwork's been kind of laid with, you know, rollout of iBeacons and stuff that uh, you could start to see some of the indoor GPS become a reality and, and public transit so you don't have to rely on Google Maps and all that. Right. Uh, I think that Maps is going to be a big part of iOS 9 this year. I and maybe safe all those vans that have, you know, been driving around registered to Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone tweeted at us even uh, earlier today that they saw one in, um, I think it was Dallas? or something like that. So, I mean, there's still I, still, I still can't get over the fact that there was a fake Apple van that someone made a mock-up <laughs> of the thing Sorry, to I, spoof I believe people. You mean, I believe you mean a sensor-laden Apple yes. van. <laughs> right. <laughs> we had the yes. story on that that someone tipped us and they took a picture of this thing and it was not an actual Apple van. Oh, and I just word. find that to be one of the funniest things. Well, anyway, it was a um, L. Well, I was going to say this guy's name, but I don't even know it's just E-L. <laughs> so anyway, on Twitter, he uh, tweeted the picture. It was in Fort Worth, uh, Texas, that the van was. Um, so, yeah, so maps, definitely. And someone, uh, Periscope guys were saying split-screen multitasking or split or, you know, uh, two apps up at a time on the 6 Plus and the iPad. And that was rumored before iOS 8 was introduced that that was going to be one of the things along with an iPad Pro that was going to come out. Uh, I just don't, you know, I hear about it less and less from the other guys, like even Android tablets and, you know, uh, the Surface 3, it just runs full Windows now. Mm-hmm. So I hear about that less and less as a feature in other platforms. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's going to come to iOS. 
Yeah, I th- that might be something that waits. Just it might be exclusive to the iPad Pro, just because of the screen real estate. Uh, you know, there's a question of how you would do it and make it kind of intuitive and not right. clunky and and not a mess. Um, I'm not I'm not sure how they would do it, and if they do, it'll be interesting. It also <laughs> it also be interesting. Uh, you know, everyone's saying Force Touch will probably be in the next iPhone or whatever, mm-hmm. and it would be a great time to. Announce that to developers at WWDC. Not going to happen. But it's not going to happen. Yeah, they're not going to talk it, about a new feature before. So we may have to wait, you know, till the new iPhone comes out. They will the talk fall. about Force Touch on the Apple Watch, right? And, and they will the talk Mac. about it on the MacBook, but they right. will not talk about it on an iPhone or an iPad because they yeah. will hold that until September. Which is fun. Well, and last WWDC, uh, they started talking about uh, UX Kit. I believe it is. If there's any developers listening, correct me. But the basically way how you build apps in Xcode rather than specifying, uh, you know, pixel widths and all that kind of stuff, that it would be basically a responsive design for apps. And it was in preparation for the iPhone 6 Plus and 6, which were different screen sizes. And they didn't really, you know, obviously they didn't say, hey, there's going to be new, bigger size iPhone screens, so get ready. But what they were teaching in the in the sessions and that kind of stuff was, again, leaning towards that. And there was speculation after the, the WWDC that that's what it was for. And obviously it was. So maybe there'll be sessions like that. You know. So real quick, real quick. Go, uh, first, yeah. the people on Periscope, I'm the guy answering questions as Sterling Archer, in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, second, UX Kit is actually not an iOS. Um, UX Kit is from the new Photos app. It's a, oh, okay. it's what yeah. appears to be a precursor to bringing UI Kit from iOS to OS X. Gotcha. Um, what you're thinking of is auto layout. Thank you. Yes. As you know, I am not a developer. Or if you didn't know, I would tell you. I have one app in the store, and it's all web views. I'm proud of that one. <laughs> um, so I'm sure we'll, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll have to watch sessions closely. Closely, All the sessions are streamed live this year. Uh, so if you're a developer, you can watch them live on the website. Apple announced that. And uh, there's also speculation about what the new OS X name could be. Um, I don't know. I, I have no no... Prerequisite. I have, I have no uh, reference for what it might be. I think the the what is it Redwood or um, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the forest right in California the Redwood yeah other country yeah I like that name a lot of the other ones I, I didn't I wasn't crazy about but I don't know he wasn't crazy about your options Neil <laughs> sorry well, no no <laughs> someone someone said Avalon I don't know if that's a place or a landmark in California it's the name of a Toyota that's for sure yeah they're not going to use it because of Toyota. Toyota. Well, and Sequoia, too, is the name of Toyota. So Yeah, yeah. Unf- unfortunately, because I think that'd be a great name. Yeah, Sequoia would be a great name. Maybe they use it anyways and just commandeer it. But um, OS 10 Chevy Nova. Mm, <laughs> yes. Um, also, a last interesting thing about WD... You know, it's really hard to say WWDC quickly. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, yeah, WWDC. Just I'm say dub Yeah, I'm going to say dub dub. That's better. Uh, scholarships, they're giving out scholarships, increased it to 350 developers that they're going to give it out to. But one of the prerequisites for getting a scholarship to WWDC is that at least part of your app needs to be written in Swift, uh, which uh, was interesting. And it definitely shows that they are going to be pushing people that direction. And there was also a poll that we posted about earlier this week that Swift is actually uh, becoming a preferred developer language uh, among iOS apps. So that was interesting. Well, we're going to talk about 
Dub Dub, we got to talk about uh, Apple TV as well. I know. Oh, yes. we, I know we talk about it every week. I know that everybody's waiting for their new Apple TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that's good. Shane, Shane and I were laughing yesterday because there's been a lot of speculation because people like to read into the invitations uh, yes. uh, to these events and try to. Oh crap! Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's probably my MacBook getting delivered. Hold on. Before before wow. we move on from Dub Dub, while Neil uh, while Neil gets his MacBook, yes. I just want to say that Apple has changed the way um, you get tickets for Dub for Dub Dub history. Right. Um, right. So it's a you lottery. it's a lottery, just like it has been before. But now you get charged immediately on your credit card if you win the lottery. Really? And there's no refunds, so it totally sucks if you and say like your business partner are trying to go to Dub Dub together. One of you gets in and the other doesn't. That's true. Uh, you basically have no choice but to give Apple a couple thousand dollars for you know half of what you wanted. Well, and the reason they changed that, because the, the last year that they did it where it was open to everyone, I guess tickets sold out in literally 60 seconds. Uh, all the tickets sold out just immediately. Hi, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, the MacBook was here. I had to sign for it. So. Oh, very good. Well, hey, you can give us an uh, unboxing live in a moment. <laughs> Uh, uh, any, anyhow, uh, oh, I was going to say, yeah, uh, let's talk about Apple TV. Yeah, we will. Uh, Shane, was that all? I'm sorry. Shane was uh, talking as you as you left. Just oh, yeah, I just I just wanted to uh, put an ad hominem attack out on whoever at Apple made that choice. So you think that's not a good choice? I mean, it's a terrible choice. Do you think it was better beforehand, or it was just free for all and it sells out in a minute? Um, I think it was better beforehand. I mean, I have no problem at all with the lottery system. That's totally fine. It, it is what it is because the demand is so huge. But the fact that if you win the lottery, you have to pay no matter what happens is uh, really crappy. Yeah, that is that is kind of strange. You should be able to decline or something, especially if your you know business partner didn't get in. Well, that's how it was. That's how it was last year. If you could, you would uh, be approved, and then you could then go purchase a ticket. I see. Okay. Um, so yeah, Neil, Apple TV, I think, right. Shane and I were, were laughing yeah. yesterday because people like to read into these invitations, uh, when they come out and a lot of people were saying, Oh, it looks like, uh, uh Apple TV is in the invitation cause it's a square, but with rounded edges, but that's the same design as an app. It's <laughs> the same design as an airport express. So, uh, and if you look yeah. at last year's WWDC invitation, it also was shaped like that. So, uh, mm. you can't really read into these too much, but having said that it's pretty widely expected that they're going to at the very least show off a new platform for Apple TV, if not new hardware itself. Right. And supposedly, you know, Apple TV might be the hub for home kit and the home automation features, which maybe that would be a large part of iOS nine. Really I don't know. Wh- I don't know why people are speculating about that. It already is that way. The Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Apple TV is a remote bridge for HomeKit. So the current generation is now. I see. Yes. Uh, right. Okay. So if you use, I mean, HomeKit isn't actually rolled out yet, but when it starts working, right. uh, if you were to use Siri on your phone and you're away from home and you wanted to, you know, lock the front door or something, then Apple TV X is a bridge for it. Okay. Kind of like back to my Mac, same concept. Which also doesn't work. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, there was pictures about the Apple TV. I imagine we have to see it, um, some kind of refresh, because 2012 or 2013, I believe, was the last time Apple TV had a refresh, that the, that the last hardware version came out. Software that's been updated, but hardware-wise. So that was WWDC. Anything else? Any other speculation? iOS 9, OS Redwood? I'm just going to start Craig calling Craig Federighi has died there. 
There's no way he dyed his hair. That would be the most obvious hair dyeing in history. <laughs> there would be riots if he dyed his yeah. hair. I do. I enjoy seeing him on stage now, though. I mean, he's he's kind of Apple's, uh, you know, the go-to guy for... He's come a long way. If you go back and watch, he was at the uh, 2010, I believe, uh, Back to My Mac event. It was like oh, an October yeah. event. It was his first time on stage. That was rough. And he was nervous. His hands were shaking. He was... Uh, and he really has just kind of gotten comfortable up there and come to his own, and he's like a rock star up there now. It's always fun he's, to see him present. By far the most polished presenter of all the executives. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Phil Schiller's a close second. I mean, he's pretty good. No, he's uh, not. Shane and I do not like Phil at all. So. No. <laughs> you don't no. like his presenting style or just <laughs> him as a person? I mean, what is the... <laughs> um, no, as a person, I he's mean, fine. As his presentation, no. no. I mean, do you prefer him over Eddie Q? Because uh, I feel like... I, whenever... would, I would just prefer Federighi does the whole thing. Personally. Yeah, I agree. I I'm agree, with yeah. you. I'm with you. Federighi and Tim Cook could probably do the whole thing. I feel like when Eddie Q is presenting, it's like a car salesman talking to me. I don't know why. It just the problem is like they that. can't Q and Schiller and everybody. And Kevin Lynch was actually not bad, but they he they can't bad. get the um, the pre-rehearsed yes uh, mm, lilt yeah. out of their voice. You know, it always yeah, sounds like they're reading yeah. from a script, which is just horrible. Well, they're not presenters, so you know. It's hard to fault them, but I think I think what, what they think they uh, people think Apple pays Johnny Ive what seventy million dollars a year or something. Can we take a little bit of that and get him <laughs> Toastmasters? <laughs> yeah, that's so, so much to ask. What happened to? I'm looking at the exec page right now. Who was the hardware guy that used to be in all the videos? Bob Mansfield. Is he still work there? Big Bob. Kind of. Yeah, he's a he's a special advisor. Um, he was apparently. leaving the company, and then they backed up a Brinks truck to his house, and he stayed. So yeah. So the story okay. was that he was the original head of hardware for the watch, but he supposedly gave that up at some point, and nobody okay. really knows what he does now. <laughs> okay, because I remember he used to be in all the hardware videos, mm-hmm. like for the Macs and stuff. So I was just curious. I'm looking at uh, Apple's uh, executive profile page right now. Top four, Tim Cook, Angela, Arendt, Eddie Q, Craig Federighi. Only one we haven't seen on stage yet is Angela. So maybe WWDC, WWDC will be her uh, debut on stage. We'll see. Uh, maybe she could talk about the retail store update and how Apple Watch has done. Uh, speaking of which, uh, supposedly you won't be able to get an Apple Watch in an Apple store until June. So you might just want to pre-order now. <laughs> if you want to get it anytime soon. Well, if you pre-order now, you won't get it until June anyway. So what's right, that's what's, yeah, that's six of one, half dozen the other. Exactly. So last, uh, let's see, let's let's cover one last thing here. We have a couple options. Uh, there was that Hong Kong Electronics Fair, uh, which featured a bunch of HomeKit stuff. Uh, there was the new music app in iOS eight point four, and um, Shane, you had mentioned the Lynx acquisition or research kit, which is now available. They acquired a Israeli company that specializes in multi-sensor cameras that produce a higher quality image. So basically, uh, they have two and, and four um, lens designs that uh, can be used to get uh, what they claim are DSLR quality images. Um, 
It, and that's actually something that was rumored before this acquisition that they might be looking into that for the next iPhone. So, um, yeah, I guess it captures a 3D image and then creates a composite uh, 2D image uh, with you know more data captured from multiple lenses or something. But okay. uh, obviously, photography has been a big focus with Apple in uh, promoting the iPhone recently. Uh, shot on iPhone 6 campaign and all that. And right. It's the most popular uh, portable camera in the world. So I think uh, that seems like something that would be a good S upgrade, doesn't it? Like, you know, when they introduced Siri or when they introduced uh, the fingerprint sensor in the 5S, it feels like a new camera design would be something uh, kind of interesting for a uh, for an off-year upgrade. That is true. And, and camera has always been, I think, a feature of the S upgrades. The 5S brought slow motion. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Panorama came went also to the lower models, but you know that was uh, an S upgrade. And I think uh, video on the three GS, you know, that was a a camera update. So yeah, so maybe I would love I would love to see better lower light performance. I mean that's that's the biggest thing. However the pictures are taken and how good they look, I would love low light to be improved. Yes, agreed. Shane, do you have any thoughts on this? I don't take pictures. What? <laughs> I mean, I do, Ever. but yeah, it's okay. like it's like look at this funny Chinglish translation I found. I don't, you know, I I'm, I'm. It's terrible because I'm a designer by trade and training, but I I just don't take pictures. I thought you know, with along with the uh, shot with iPhone six campaign, some people started putting like also shot with iPhone pictures, like really bad pictures that people would post, like terrible, <laughs> like terrible oh, dude, selfies. I could, I could own that campaign, <laughs> like like terrible selfies and like bathroom shots and stuff. Like I thought that was pretty funny. But I mean, so I'm good. I no, I shoot a fair amount with my iPhone. Um, I actually got one of the uh, Allo clips recently, the the Zoom one. Yeah. Uh, just because the digital zoom is obviously atrocious. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always been pretty happy with the cameras on my iPhone, and I actually know a, a few uh, hardcore Android fans that finally just caved in because uh, they wanted, you know, kind of the convenience of an iPhone, and the camera was a big selling point for them. So right. uh, it would not be surprising uh, to see something like that come this year. This acquisition, you know, uh, might be a little soon in terms of the hardware, but uh, they certainly own patents and stuff like that that could be applied as well. Uh, for a upgrade that would come this year, so we'll see. I was to say it's worth pointing out that um, that company is half and half. It's half hardware and half software. And my suspicion is that this was less about the hardware and more about the software. Hmm. I, I mean, that's interesting. I'm always surprised. I don't know how many people use burst mode regularly, but I'm I'm always pleasantly surprised how good burst mode can do when you're trying to shoot action shots. Yes. Um, like I have two young kids and trying to get them to take a picture is ridiculous. You know, just every picture is blurry. But if I hold that burst down for a couple seconds, there's going to be three or four shots that are really good. And it's actually really good at predicting which favorites you will want. You know, mm-hmm. if you go into the burst, it shows a little dot like, hey, you probably want this picture, not the other ones. And it's usually, I don't know how it does it, but it's its really good. Um, so, I mean, if, if it could do that now, I'd be really impressed to see what it could do in the future. Yeah, I, I use burst mode all the time. It's great. I have just shaky hands in general, so I just tend to use burst mode by default. And it's <laughs> like, well, one of these is going to turn out not blurry. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty nice. Um, yeah, so that was the Lynx acquisition um, new music app. Mikey Campbell did a, a short little video with a walkthrough. You can check that out on the website. 
And uh, Research Kit launched, uh, let's see, that was Tuesday, April 14th. And so developers can start um, using Research Kit tools to build new apps. And, uh, a, quick, and a quick interesting yeah. note on Research Kit yeah. um, Apple put the framework up on GitHub, but they did not just release the Research Kit framework, they also released the source for all five of those demo apps that they showed. Really? Uh, during their last announcement. So if you're curious, you can uh, pull it up on github.com slash research kit. That's pretty sweet. I mean, well, and they did say it was going to be, well, yeah, open source, but yeah, to release those apps as well. I'm yeah, cu- I'm, it's, it's BSD licensed, so it's one of the most permissive right. licenses uh, around. I'm curious, uh, with research kit, if you can build stuff for the watch using that? Am I... I don't am, know. I don't know if Research Kit and Watch Kit talks, or I don't know if there's developers listening to the podcast. Let us know if that's something that could do. Because I mean, to be able to get your heart rate yeah. from the watch, uh, you know, as well as something that you just wear all the time, seems like it'd be pretty useful. So, huh? I mean, yeah, I'm really curious. I'm sure they'll talk about this at WWDC too. Um, what developers have done with Research Kit between now and then, and and how the apps have fared. I mean, even when the apps first came out, there was just um, thousands and thousands of people enrolled uh, in these research studies in the first day, which is unheard of in any kind of medical research done before, just how quickly the response is and voluntarily. So it's pretty exciting, pretty cool stuff. Neil, where can people find you on the internet? You can find uh, me at Apple Insider, and uh, I'm on Twitter at this is Neil. And Shane, uh, we, where can people find you in Sheboygan? I am right next to Neil at Apple Insider, though not right next to him on Twitter. <laughs> Literally sitting right next to him. You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Robles. And of course, follow Apple Insider at Apple Insider. You can tweet at us there. We'd love it if you could rate us in the iTunes store. And uh, we appreciate whenever you do that. You can email us, news at appleinsider.com. And definitely let us know if you liked the Periscope thing, if you tuned in, or if you would like to see more live broadcasts from us in the future. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week.